0: Guys, welcome back to the Spurred On podcast. Obviously, it's international break, which means we're all bored to tears. But I thought what I'd do is a top 10 that involves internationals and Spurs. This is the top 10 international Spurs players of the Premier League era, caveat non English. So just players who have played for other countries around the world who also played for Spurs in the Premier League era. For anyone who doesn't remember football before the Premier League era, that's from 1992 onwards. So, let's get started, shall we? Give this a little comment underneath if you think I'm wrong. I think there's lots of opportunities for me to have been wrong here. Firstly, because I've mainly got the stats from Wikipedia. And secondly, of course, it's totally subjective who your favourite international Spurs players have been over the last 35 years, 40 years or so. So let me know in the comments what you think. But I'm starting off at number 10. In fact, the beginning of this list is pretty Belgian-orientated. Number 10 is Toby Alderweireld. Slick, back head, centre-half mainly under the Pochettino era, and he was a Rolls-Royce of a defender. He played 236 times for Tottenham Hotspur, scoring nine goals, some of them very important, definitely scored in a North London derby, I remember that. And in terms of Belgium, he played 127 times, scoring five goals for them. He was, I think, one of our great defenders of the modern era. Really got it. Wasn't the quickest, but also wasn't slow, was able to cover himself back and formed an unbelievable appear, um, partnership with somebody who will be next on the appearance list and on the num- on the top 10 list, super Jan Vertonghen, who comes in at number 9, 315 appearances for Spurs. He was there a bit longer, obviously, having arrived from Ajax before the Pochettino era. He scored 14 goals for the club, made 150 caps for Belgium, played 150 times, that's incredible, scoring 10 goals for them. Super Jan, he was a different player to Toby. Toby was a bit more hustle and bustle and a bit harder in the tackle. Jan Vertonghen was just laid back, elegant centre-half, a man over my uh, after my own heart really, that's how I like to play at centre-half too. Tall, rangy, still good in the air though, and just loved to get the ball down. In fact, he would be an incredible player for Big angie's team right now. I think we've missed Super Jan Vertong and Toby Alderweireld since they left the club, but they've carried on playing in Belgium. Alderweireld even playing in the in the uh, Champions League this season, having done incredibly for his team. I believe Royal Antwerp last season on to number eight as i said it's a belgian beginning moussa dembele the man who all of his teammates said was the best player they ever played with and the first name on the team sheet if you were picking your five-a-side team he played 249 times for tottenham he also came in a bit earlier than the pochettino era he came in at spurs actually having played attacking midfield for fulham and was a very very impressive creative player for them scored a goal on his debut i remember into the bottom right hand corner at the lane But then as Pochettino came in, he was the absolute linchpin in defensive midfield for Spurs. You couldn't get the ball off him. Everybody would bounce off him. I just remember so much watching Spurs in that era, in that kind of four or five year period, where Dembele would be maybe, I don't know, Five yards, ten yards behind a a player chasing for the ball and just knowing that not only would he have the pace to get there, but that he would knock him off the ball with his shoulders at the same time. Just an absolutely magnificent player. Ten goals he scored for Spurs. He's played 82 times for the Belgian national team and scoring five goals for them before he left Spurs to move to China to get one last payday before uh, hanging up his boots. And uh, another player who, let's face it, if he was... In Big Ange's team, he'd be giving Yves Basuma a run for his money, getting the ball off the back four, breaking the press, setting up chances for everybody else. At number seven, we're breaking away from the Belgians, super Dutchman Rafa van der Vaart. Rafa, I would say, was one of the first examples of a big-name player, that a properly big-name player in their prime that came to Spurs. There was Edgar Davids, who came in the Martin Yol era. That was a surprise, and obviously he was an icon. Edgar Davids was an icon. But Rafa was actually in his prime. He was at Real Madrid and Daniel Levy on transfer deadline day. Had an opportunity to sign him for relatively cheap money. I think it was like eight or nine million pounds. Gave that gift to Harry Redknapp. And he was a cult hero for Spurs. Loved to score in the North London derby. He played 78 times for Spurs. I know it's not that many, but I do think in terms of his status at the club and changing what the club was seen like, it's important to have him on this list. So yeah, 78 appearances, 28 goals. 109 appearances for Holland, people forget that, he played a lot for the Dutch national team, making it to a World Cup final as well, scoring 25 goals for the Dutch too. He was just a magnificent player, a real magician, worked hard as well though and uh, scored a good penalty, had a wonderful left foot, just a brilliant finisher and he was very important in that first Champions League run we had where we made it uh, through to, I think it was the quarter finals maybe even against Real Madrid where we lost 4-0... In that game at the Uh, And obviously I remember Peter Crouch getting sent off in that tie as well. But Rafa van der Vaart. Honestly, me and my best mate Ben. We love talking about Rafa. And also whenever you see Rafa on TV. uh, Kind of commentating on Spurs games. Or or punditing on Spurs games. uh, He loves Spurs. He loves talking about us. I think he had a great time at the club. So he should should forever be held in great esteem. Number six, David Ginola. Top player. For anyone younger than probably 25, 20, you're not going to remember a lot of Ginneler. And if you haven't seen a lot of him, make sure you check him out. He was playing at Spurs during one of our most appalling eras under Christian Gross and George Graham. The football wasn't great, but Ginneler was the one person you wanted to watch. Flowing locks, playing in one of our greatest kits of all time when Adidas were doing the kit and he was just gracing the left wing, beating players for fun, won the won the uh, Player of the Year Award, not just Spurs, is the Premier League Player of the Year Award uh, voted for by the PFA. He played 127 times for Spurs, scored 22 goals, and then only actually played 17 times for the French national team, scoring three goals. And that was because he had a huge falling out with the then-manager Gerard Houllier back in the qualification, I think, for the 1994 World Cup When Hulia made Ginola the scapegoat for them failing to beat Bulgaria in a qualifying game, it knocked them out of their possibilities of getting to the tournament. And really, Ginola didn't get another opportunity. But he was a magnificent player for PSG. He was great up in, uh, in Newcastle under Kevin Keegan during their kind of heyday of attacking teams. And then he came down to Spurs. And honestly, he set the lane alight every time he got the ball. The crowd were on their feet. And if you haven't checked him out, you really have to. Some of his goals were absolutely magnificent, including a kind of Ricky Villiers-esque, unbelievable run away at Barnsley, which I think was in the FA Cup back in the late 90s. At number five, it's Jürgen Klinsmann. 1994, he came in. He had a meeting on the boat with then-chairman Alan Sugar. It came out of the blue. He was one of the biggest names in football, known for his diving, but what a finisher. The reason everybody abused him because he was a diver was mainly because he was an unbelievable finisher as well. He came into Spurs when we were absolutely on the ropes. Uh, We had uh, points deductions. We had a huge fine. We'd been uh, suspended from being in the FA Cup because of uh, financial irregularities. And Alan Sugar was in a world of pain, having kind of seen Terry Venables off, who was a fan favourite, and he he kind of realised, I think, that he needed someone to come in who could make the fans kind of like him again, and that was Jurgen Klinsmann. He played 68 times for Spurs, scoring 38 goals, and 108 times for Germany, scoring 47 goals. A World Cup winner, a Euros winner, unbelievable footballer. Check him out if you've not seen a lot of his stuff. At number four, Gareth Bale. You might be surprised he's down at four, But we've got some serious names coming in above him, although it might be controversial. We'll see what you think of my number three. But Gareth Bale, 237 appearances for Spurs, 72 goals, 111 appearances for Wales, and 41 goals for his country. Tottenham made Gareth Bale. He's even saying that now, now that he's a semi-professional golfer, but that he looks out for Spurs' results more than anybody else's he became a man at Tottenham, he turned up, he was a talent, he'd scored some great goals and free kicks for Wales, he'd done well at Southampton, but he was a, a rangy, thin boy, he had a bad start at Spurs, but then when Harry Redknapp moved him up from left back to a left, uh, kind of attacking midfield role, he had that game against Inter Milan, or the two games against Inter Milan away where he scored a hat-trick in a 4-3 loss when we were 3-0 down at half time, and then at home, the taxi for Macon game. What a player. And his last season, where he just scored goal after goal in the top corner. What a player. What a legend for Spurs. Obviously, he came back for that season under Mourinho. It's a shame Jose didn't give him the respect he deserved. But always forever a hero at Tottenham Hotspur. My number three above Gareth Bale. I think this might be controversial. Christian Eriksen. 304 appearances for Spurs. 69 goals. 125 games for Denmark. And 40 goals. For me, Eriksen was the absolute key to Spurs under Pochettino everything creative came from him he picked the lock all the players knew he was the best player on the park Uh creatively anyway and gave him the ball and he just set up so many goals huge player for us a huge loss I thought when he went to Inter Milan a shame we didn't get him back uh, when he was uh, leaving Inter Milan to go to Manchester United but I still like to watch him now for Manchester United I don't think he gets enough game time there to be totally honest but what a player at number two Ballon d'Or winner Luka Modric, the player who, when he was at Spurs, I couldn't but help but love. He would just take the ball in the most obscene circumstances with players all over him. Didn't matter. He turned them, even if he's on his own byline. Incredible. 159 appearances for Spurs, 17 goals. 170 appearances for Croatia and still going with 24 goals. World Cup finalists. As I said, Ballon d'Or winner. Maybe the most talented, technically, player that Spurs have had in the modern era. Unbelievable. And finally, in my top 10 international Spurs players of the Premier League era, there's only one Sonny. Hung Min Son. 372 appearances so far, 145 goals, 114 appearances for South Korea, 38 goals. The guy is Tottenham through and through, especially now that Harry Kane has gone. He's the face of the club. He's brought so much money into the club through us having now such a huge South Korean fan base. He's got a smile on his face. He's our captain. He's everything that Big Ange is all about. And since he's come in, and it's a joy to still have him at the club, he signed a new contract a couple of years ago. I say, tie him down, keep him there for life, make him a club ambassador What a legend, what a man. Notable mentions, Hugo Lloris and Dimitar Berbatov. I only left Hugo out because of what happened, I think something happened at Newcastle, where maybe he made his position at the club untenable, and he chose not to leave when he had opportunities, and he's, he's on 200 grand a week and not really in the squad. So that's the only negative that left him out. And Berbatov, the way that he chose to leave the squad, but my God, what an absolute joy it was to watch him. Anyway, guys, let me know what you think of my top 10 who would you have added in there? What did I get wrong? Let me know in the comments. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, do check it out on podcasts, Just type into wherever you listen to podcasts, The Spurred On Podcast, and vice versa. If you're listening on a podcast and you want to see it on YouTube, it's at Barnaby Slater underscore on YouTube. Come on, you Spurs. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.